Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you guys today? Y'all doing good? Awesome. Awesome. Hey, today has, it makes it so much easier to come up here and preach when you got a worship team like that. Like what actually just happened? That was dynamite. Incredible, incredible. Yes, Jared and his team, they're phenomenal up here. So great job to them. But hey, today's an amazing Sunday. Thank you so much for being here on another hot Sunday. It's not raining right now, is it? No, I feel like I've had to like buy a kayak or something for all this rain we've been having in town. Uh, But it's been crazy. But thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, I just want to shout out my parents as well who are here. Thank you for giving up your platform for people like Nicole and Lachlan and Pastor Ron next week. You're amazing for doing that. And so we're still stoked uh, just to be here and to be under you. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but they came here 18 years ago to start Life Church, not knowing a single soul in town. They even flipped through the Yellow Pages phone book. If you don't know what a Yellow Pages phone book is, then you're too young. So <laughs> so the, the White Pages, oh, I'm even too young. So the White Pages, the yellow is for businesses, right? So um, so the White Pages. So if you were to, if you were to go through the phone book or whatever it was called, they made sure that they did not know a single person's name on there, whatever that is, uh, in order to move Wilmington, because they wanted to make sure that this was a move of God, that it wasn't just them pulling people from random places that they knew, but they wanted to come here where they knew nobody so that God could get all the credit and all the glory. So how have you guys been thankful for 18 years of faithfulness for our pastors, for being here at Life Church? If this is your first Sunday here today, welcome to Life Church. Uh, we're so happy that you're here today. Um, you'll get to know and love them so much, just like I get to do. Um, but I get to know them off the stage as well because they are my parents. And so um, just when it comes to them and, and how they have raised me, I'm so blessed. I'll start with my dad, and I do this first service as well. And honestly, the thing that probably made the most impact in my life, my dad, was he just showed up every single day in my life. He just kept showing up. He was always there to encourage me. He showed up to every single soccer game that I had, which was a lot. He came to a lot of basketball games, and he was just always there in my corner. He was there to encourage me, even when I didn't need encouragement. Didn't say this in first service, but second service, there was a game I played. It was terrible, and I think you've shared this story at church before. And, And he was coming to encourage me no matter what. I was playing absolutely terrible. And I just looked at him and said, stop encouraging me. Tell me what I did wrong. Just tell me something I did wrong that I can fix. And so I remember that moment so clearly. And, but that's how he leads our church as well. He leads it with such encouragement and with enthusiasm. He's always going to show up. He's always going to be there. And so you have an incredible pastor and my dad here as well. So you're going to be able to just be under him and he's incredible. But then there's, um, there's my mom as well. Mom, you're incredible, but the way she loves us is through care and protection for us. And um, I, I tell a story funnily, but like her school lunches were like the bomb.com. Like they were incredible. I'm not talking about just any school lunches that she made. She had to make sure there was like a nine o'clock snack, which was like probably fruit or something like that. Then there was like, but this lunch, I don't know how she fit it all into this lunchbox. Like to this day, it amazes me how that happens. But she would throw in like a sandwich and chips, you know, all that kind of deal. But then there'd be like a 
bag of like cookies in there, like a whole pan of brownies in there. Like, I'm like, how, what time did she wake up to do this? But she had so many like desserts for us always. And so like, but like in this lunchbox, I'm like, okay, sweet. Got my turkey sandwich, eat it. And then, uh, you know, had your potato chips or whatever it was. And it was like this whole bag of like brownies. And I guess she thought I was going to go hungry in the day because there'd be like 25 of these suckers in there. And I'm like, how, what is this about? But, you know, and, and when you have a lot of like brownies and cookies and things like that and like cake, like, People like, they, they want to be your friend all of a sudden. Um, and, you know, I'm like, I wasn't like ever like the cool guy. Like, you know, it's just like, but I always had a lot of people at my lunch table. And um, I credit my, uh, my social whatever it is to my mother for making me lunches. And uh, so she just had to make sure that I was well taken care of. And then there'd be, you know, there's a snack before soccer practice, a snack after soccer practice or a game. And, but she was like, I just can't let my boy go hungry. Like, what if, you know, he, the famine was to happen? And, you know, and this is the last thing he ate for the day. And, uh, but that is who she is. But when it comes to helping lead the church, that's how she is with you guys. She's so protective. She cares for you guys so much. The sisterhood women, like, she is in your corner. She's not going to let you guys go spiritually hungry. She's going to be there every single step of the way. And so I've just been honored to be able to be with my parents and have just an incredibly, incredibly blessed life. So thank you guys. You're amazing. And uh, yeah. But. So my life has been relatively pretty, pretty easy. It's been extremely blessed. And, um, but today I'm going to share to you guys about a season that I have walked through of disappointment, of disappointment. And so this is a little bit of our story. And so some of you guys are familiar with it, but I just kind of tell our story a little bit here about a season of disappointment that we have gone through. And so March 5th, so that was a couple of months ago, about five months ago or so, um, it started off like what I thought was going to be a great day. It was actually the Carolina Duke basketball game. I was stoked for this. Let me tell you, I was so ready for this basketball game. It was Coach K's last game at Duke. And I have been just, I mean, Harry, you know us Tar Heel fans. Like, we are ready to beat Duke at any given time. And so we were, I was ready, and I was going through my phone watching highlights. You know, I was watching all these old games on my phone. And it was Saturday morning, but then Amanda comes in the door. And she just has this blank look on her face and just immediately just tears start coming down. I mean, it's just, and I knew in that moment something was wrong. And it was just, hasn't happened a lot, but like, I just knew in that moment something was going sideways. And so, you know, I kind of get myself ready. And, and at this point, you guys don't know this, but we had been pregnant for a few weeks. Um, and so we were, I knew in that moment that's what it meant. Something was going on with our baby. And and so I just was, I was like, whatever, I, could, I put on clothes as fast as I could. We went to the emergency room. As we're sitting in there, um, you know, we've, we've been talking to my mom and Casey back there, and just some people were just like, we just need prayer right now. We need it. And, and we get there, and with our masks on, all we could see was each other's eyes. And, and just the tears were just coming down because we kind of knew the inevitable, what was happening in that moment. And I made me and my wife kind of just, kind of just sat there and we were like, how we respond to what is happening right now can help dictate the future of our life, can help dictate the destiny of what's going on. We can either react or we can respond here. And reaction, as you guys know, is a quick knee-jerk reaction to what's going on. It's just one of those things where you just do it and it happens and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And a lot of times that leads to frustration or anger or you can respond to an event. And so in that moment, I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to respond to this moment differently than what my flesh was feeling. And so I looked at her and I said, even if our baby is now in heaven, even if, 
are we gonna get up here and still praise God? Are we still gonna put our hope in Jesus? Are we still gonna choose tomorrow, choose today that Jesus is Lord of all? And it was the hardest thing I've probably ever had to say. And today I'm not gonna step here and compare. This is not a comparison game of, of pain or anything like that. For me, disappointment as a kid was losing a soccer game or not getting a good grade or, or maybe wasn't you know, doing this or this or this. Whatever it is, filter whatever disappointment is through, through your lens and through your context. But in this time, I was like, I need to trust God here because I cannot do this on my own right now. And so my first point is this, and this is kind of how we kind of navigated through this season. And so our first point, there's only two points today, but my first one is this, is that Jesus is worth trusting. And I heard Jesus, I kind of felt this nudge in my life and I was like sitting there in the hospital room and, and I just remember hearing this really just tangible voice going, I am still good enough to trust. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit was just, I am still here. I am still good. Your circumstances may stink, but I'm still good and I'm still God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, this is a very familiar verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In that moment, my own understanding was out the window. There was no concept of what was going on. But I just remember I was, I was scared, I was angry, I was feeling all the emotions all at once of what this event was taking place. And so um, I just remember just like kind of going to Amanda, just kind of looking back at the book of Job, going, Lord, you give and you take away, but blessed be your name. Lord, you give and you take away, but we're gonna praise your name. Lord, we don't know what is going on. We don't know what's, what's, we don't know what is happening here. We don't know why. But Lord, we're still gonna choose today to honor you. And that was probably the hardest thing we've ever had to say before because this is something we've been praying for. We were just so, like, we thought, like, Lord, this is, this is our time. This is, like, this is us. Like, we're so excited. And, and then that happens. And, and so when the doctor said, you know, there's, we don't detect any more life in you. And, um, and then, you know, I, didn't, I don't think I shared this in the first service, but Monday we got to, uh, like the, another doctor just to kind of run some follow-up things. And she was like, what did she say? She was like, oh, it was, just, it was just chemicals you lost. It wasn't like an actual baby. In that moment, I, and if you want to know why I believe and life begins in that moment, that is why. That's why I'm not going to sit here and back down from being quiet about the unborn babies because I have one in heaven right now. And that is, that is why it is for us. And so if you're ever concerned about where I'm going to stand on an issue like that, that is where it is. So no, to us, that was not just chemicals we lost. That was a baby that is now in heaven. And so for us, that was, that was super important for us to go, okay, even our cultural views are, being, are shifting to like, what the, like our experiences. And so like we just, that's why we just can't be silent about it. Um, last week on Thursday, um, a church out in California, Bethel Church, their pastors, uh, Bill Johnson out there. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but his wife died Thursday. And he got up in, on Sunday a few days later and he preached a message that was one of the most impactful messages I probably have ever heard. I went back and watched it. And, and this is a quote that he said in his service. And I just want to read to you guys this quote. And I don't know how he got up there and he said what he, what he said. But I want this kind of faith, and I want this for you guys. And this is what he said on that Sunday, just three days later. He says, God is not a vending machine that I get to put a quarter into and withdraw from him what I want. He chooses what he gives, but it is the wicked at heart that say, God didn't do what I wanted. He is a liar. May I never be found critiquing God when things don't go my way. 
May I always be found having a heart ready to be critiqued by him. Is God my friend? Yes, he is. But he is my Lord first. And I'll never have the pain I'm feeling right now in eternity. So in this moment, it is a privilege to respond rightly to the Lord of my life with a deeper trust and a deeper devotion. I will bow before the lamb on the throne in awe, and I will worship him forever. But never will I have the face-to-face chance to do so while I am in pain. So in this moment, I choose to do that. When I said yes to Jesus, I gave up my right to fully understand or to be in charge of my own life. Three days after his wife died. And I don't know about you guys, but that Saturday, I was, just, I was just trying to make deposits into my own life. Lord, I'm trusting in you. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm gonna take little baby steps here. Even when I don't feel like I know what's going on, Lord, you're still worth it. You're still worth putting all my trust into. You are the King of Kings still. I'm gonna choose today to trust in you. And even though I didn't necessarily kind of fully even buy into everything I was saying, I knew the foundation was laid that way. I had something to stand on because I was hurting and pain and I needed it. But also, kind of second thing for us that was important for us in this is we had to get ourselves around community, around people that we could trust, people that we knew that, could, that would have our backs in any situation. That Sunday, we came to church just a few hours later, and I guess it was like 12 hours later, I don't know, whatever time it was, but the next day, and we get here, and there's a song being sung, and I was like, Lord, why is this the day we're singing this song? And they're seeing up here, and it was, if you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. I'm going, Lord, I just, I don't know, am I knower, but I know in my heart I'm still going to choose in your faithfulness today. And I remember standing there with my hand right over there with Amanda, just holding hands with her, just squeezing it tightly. And we're just, tears are in our eyes. And we're sitting here trying so hard to not fake it. But we're sitting here going, Lord, today we're just going to keep choosing to trust in you. We're going to keep choosing faithfulness. Later that afternoon, after service was over, been just it was a hard service, honestly, for us to go through. And, and we're in the parking lot, and we meet someone from our life group. And this is a massive plug for life groups, that our life was enhanced greatly because we put ourselves in a position of being in a life group. And I don't know about you, but if you've never been in a life group and you've never been in a life-giving community before, this is your season to get yourself into a life group because it was so healing for us. It just saved everything about us. And so if you are not in a life group, get yourself into a life group. Um, so science is probably going to be in September. So you have like a month to think about it, but don't think about it too much. Just do it. So um, we got ourselves into a life group and there's, our community was there for us, but we, there was a specific person we were walking out there and they could just tell something was going on. And so we're at the car and we're kind of trying to keep ourselves composed. And eventually we were just like, you know, um, you know, last night or yesterday we had a miscarriage with our baby and, and all this stuff. And, you know, first thing it was just, just hugs. It was just like one of those where it's just like with tears in our eyes, we just needed a hug, but we needed someone that we could lean on in those times. And so my second point is this, find community. Get yourself around people that are gonna hug you when you need hugged. They need to nudge you forward in life. They're gonna spur you on because even in those times where you don't feel like you need it, you definitely need it. Luke 5, 17 and 20 through 26 says this, and this is, this is a story about Jesus. And, and so it says, it says, one day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee 
and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power was with the Lord that day to heal the sick. Some men, say some men, say it again, say some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. You need friends in your life that are going to get you to the presence of Jesus when things are going sideways. You need people that are going to figuratively lay their mat, come bring you your paralyzed person and lay you at the feet of Jesus, that you need to be brought into church, be brought into groups, be brought into these communities because healing is going to happen in those moments. For us... It was our life group, it was our family, it was our, our close-knit friends that were just so healing for us. But every single time, my parents would say this, people around, Get, do not lose your sight on the Lord. Keep your eyes up, keep your eyes on the hill. That's all we could do. And just like here, we found ourselves in the presence of God daily. I don't know if there's ever been a season in our life where there's been more worship music in our house than in that few weeks and those few months. But we needed to get ourselves into the presence of the Lord. Verse 20 of this says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And of course, the Pharisees were just kind of being smart here, a little smart Alex here, sarcastic. And they were like, the Pharisees were like, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive your sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go. Immediately he stood in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and he went home praising God. Now so much of what we have happened to us is hard, but in that moment where your life changed and you can start to lift your eyes again, are you going to go back to how life was or are you going to go home praising God? Are you going to get yourself into the presence of God and going, I know this miracle was from God alone? Or are you going to sit there and going, all right, sweet, I can go back to work on Monday. Everything's good. You know, God is great. Woohoo. Or are you going to go back praising God? And here we are today on the other side of that. And, and we're sitting here and we're able to praise God because we had laid deposits in our life that we're going to still trust in God, that our faith is in God, that he is still good. He is still Lord of our life. We don't know what's going on, but Lord, you are still good. So we can sit up here on the other side of that and say, Lord, we love you. You are good. You are gracious. You are kind to us. And now here we are. We're 16, 17 weeks pregnant with a new baby that is on the way for us. And God is, God is moving. Look at that. His or her, we find out the gender in two weeks, has his little foot up in the air. We're going to say that's his praising foot. And so uh, we believe that there's a little worshiper in there because uh, they already have got their feet to, uh, to heaven there. But, um, but gratitude now is so much stronger on the other side of that. And so here we are, because if we had not laid these deposits down, if I had not have taken a moment to respond rightly in that waiting room, and have not, and have not reacted in anger or frustration, but have responded with, with Lord, I, today I'm going to trust you. It stinks. I, there's no question about it, but I'm going to choose my faith in you. Deposit after deposit after deposit. Now here we are on this side of it. Just so much more thankful for what God has in plan for us next. But today I feel like there's probably people in this room who have gone through some sort of disappointment in life before. Maybe you're in a season of disappointment. 
Or maybe you're these some men. And these some men in this story that I was reading about, what happened to them was they got their friend and took him to the feet of Jesus. Maybe you're in this place and you're not going through a season of discouragement or you're not going through a disappointing season, but you know people who are, and it's not any, no longer can you just sit on the sidelines anymore. You have to get yourself and put yourself in position to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to take them to the presence of God. So I'm gonna ask you guys to stand up right now. The band's actually gonna come up on stage. And what was important for me and Amanda was to worship our way through disappointment, to worship our way through heartache. In first service, I kind of made this push to first service and, and the response was incredible. But today, if you are feeling like you're in a season of disappointment, a season of hurt where things just are not shaking up to be the way that you thought they were gonna go, I'm gonna ask you guys to take a step of faith and just come to the front and we're gonna worship God together for about five minutes. And so I'm gonna ask you guys to go ahead and do that. If you're also in this position though, and you're doing it on behalf of somebody else, the greatest thing you can do for a friend is to get into the presence of the Lord for them. Carry them, carry their name in your heart. But I want you as well to come down here and say today, I'm gonna choose to, to pray for my friend. I'm gonna choose to stand in the gap for my friend who's not here because they need their healing. But today, if you're someone in this place who's just going, I don't know what's right, I don't know what's left, I don't know up or down, today is the day for you. And I'm reminded of the story of Jericho where they walked around the walls seven times until they found victory. And today may not be your seventh time, but it may be your fourth time, and it may be your first time, but just keep taking a step, keep showing up. God is still gonna be there. Your victory is on its way. You don't have to sit in this pit anymore, but you get to, you get to have access. Like, like he was saying, you get to have access to the throne. You get to have access to Jesus here in this place. So we're gonna sing a familiar song to you guys. And I'm just gonna ask you guys right now to just come on forward. If this is you right now, and you're feeling like, Lord, I need a touch from you. I need a little bit of heaven right now. I'm gonna ask that you come forward right now and receive that. And we're gonna sing this song. And honestly, we sang this in our house and there were times where I didn't feel it. But even when I didn't feel it, he was moving. Even when I didn't believe what was going on, he was working. He never stopped working in my life. He's never stopped working in your life either. And he's gonna be there from today, tomorrow. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He is all that for you guys. So today, if you're going through something, just go ahead and reach your hands to heaven and say, today, I'm just gonna receive what you have for me, Lord. Today, we're gonna worship. We're gonna sing this even when I don't see you're working.